you're listening to the Regional Update. I'm Jessica Strauss. I'm the Weed Smart Communications and Project Lead. And in this podcast, we catch up with somebody from the regions, whether it be the North, South or Western, each month, and we find out what's happening in their patch in regards to weed control. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Regional Update. Today on the show, we are chatting with Phil Smythe. Phil is based in Karoo in Western Australia, and he's from Nutrien, and he's an agronomist there. So he joins us now. How are you going, Phil? Good, Jess. How are you? I'm really good. Great to speak to you. Good to be uh, yeah, having a chat about the Western region today. Now, can you firstly just give us a little brief overview of your region and what's been going on there in, in terms of weather and you know what farmers are dealing with at the moment? Yep, no worries. So we, uh, Karoo's based uh, 265 k's north of Perth. We're at the base of the, the Midwest uh, in the Midlands area. And, uh, yeah, medium rainfall zone, uh, we sort of span, uh, well, I, I, my patch sort of runs into the high rainfall zone over to Waradaji, uh near the Brand Highway and further west, and then out to sort of Latham, which is um, more more lower rainfall. And um, fair to say that, uh, yeah, it was dry up until the end of March, and um, we received some really good falls, which sort of topped the bucket right up and... Uh, allowed for an early sowing of canola opportunity and, and gave us a good knockdown um, and, and double knock for, for many people with their cereals. So, yeah, the season started off really, really well and, and nice and early for, for us in the north. And since then, uh, rainfall's probably been sitting at around decile three. So we've had in town here 18 for April, 20, uh, 28 for May and 29 for June. And so far, 13 for July. So we're sort of really hoping for some follow-up rain soon, and um, and a really good August would be would be awesome. Yeah, fingers crossed. But it is sounding pretty positive. Now, in terms of what are some of the key weed issues in in your region that farmers have to deal with? Uh, yeah, probably no surprises. So, uh, annual ryegrass is our as our main weed, and then wild radish. Uh, they're our main two um, dominant weeds and uh, ones that give us headaches every year. And the, mo- the most pleasing thing about this year was uh, a bit like last year, we've, we've had a double knock opportunity. So prior to that, we had four years without a knockdown. So most of the crop went in dry. And then the last two years, we've been wet sowing and um, and getting a good flush of ryegrass and radish up to be able to hit before the crop goes in. And that's really um, allowed for some clean, clean crops and... Uh, really low weed burdens in general across the area, especially when it comes to broadleaf this year. That's excellent to hear. And it sounds like farmers are generally in a, a good position. What do growers need to be thinking about in terms of, you know, the next couple of months over, you know, this growing period in terms of, you know, looking out for weeds and that kind of thing? What should they be mindful about? Yeah, so um, most of the broadleaf spraying has been done and, and, and grass sprays have been done in crop and they were probably done under some sort of stressed stressed conditions, like there was, there's definitely we've had patches of, of long dry spells, and then we get a little rain that tops things up to freshen up the weeds, and then, and then go spraying. So early signs are that uh, radish sprays have have worked well. Um, however, obviously we need to be vigilant there and and be checking the results of some of those earlier sprays. We've used a lot of. Uh, pre-emergence this year that some now have good broadleaf activity, good radish uh, activity. So they are, they are definitely been a standout this year um, to assist growers in, in keeping their numbers low to take the pressure off in crop. But yeah, it's a case of just sort of getting out soon and um, 
and having a look at what sort of job we've done and, and whether there needs to be some tidy up sprays, which obviously options get limited as, as we get later into the crop's life. Yeah, for sure. And in terms of later on down the season, you know, what's the uptake of harvest weed seed control tools in your region been like? Is there, you know, obviously there's trends over time. Can you speak a bit to that, Phil? Yeah. So we're sort of really trying to to move away from, from burning, from obviously we've gone to narrow windrow burning, and we're all trying to move towards some sort of mechanical way of, of controlling weeds at harvest be it a terminator or a destructor. But obviously that becomes with a, with a bit of capital outlay and, and so that progression I think has been quite uh, quite uh, uh, subdued, I guess you'd say. We know the data, we know that it works. What we don't know is the longevity of some of these tools in, in the actual back of the machine under certain crop types and conditions. So there's guys that are sort of probably just hanging back for another year or two to look at you know, what's happening in the area and, and some of the guys are the early adopters to say, okay, well, yeah, that is going to fit our system and we're going to jump in. But, yeah, that, that's probably holding guys back a little bit with the destructors and, and um, terminators, but we do know that they're an extremely good tool and we, well, that's probably the way that I see the majority of farmers going in, in the sort of near future. So, But as we sit right now, we're still relying a fair bit on herbicides, so whether it's crop topping, giving that last opportunity to get the weeds with herbicide or, um, yeah, there's still a fair bit of burning that, that happens on, on some of those soils that aren't going to blow um, to sort of use that as a tool pre-sowing mm. the following year. Yeah, for sure. And before we wrap things up, Phil, is there anything else, you know, even more broadly speaking, that you would want to share with growers in your region that they should be thinking about or any tips you'd like to share, you know, around this time of year when it comes to farming systems more generally? Uh, Probably the only thing that comes to mind and something that I can see that seems to be really, uh, we spend a fair bit of time thinking and talking and planning about is, is our rotation. So with the you know, increase in value of canola and those early sowing opportunities the last couple of years have really seen the hectares of, of canola explode. And also that makes a lot of sense when it comes to the value of the crop last year and this year, looking forward to harvest, hopefully. And with that, with less cereals in the rotation, it does give us that opportunity to use different herbicides and give others a break. And I, and I really think that is cleaning up crops along with all those other tools, but we're narrowing up the rotation, which is giving us a bit of a advantage over weeds and but obviously with that becomes other headaches like disease mm-hmm. that um, we've never seen before but it is one tool that I think we're I think we're really uh, sort of utilizing um, obviously for profit but also um, it is going to be doing good things in our paddocks from from a weed uh, burden perspective. That's great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Phil, for taking the time to have a chat with us on the regional update. And yeah, you mentioned quite a few of the big six. So, you know, just a reminder for anyone who is kind of interested in learning about these practices, we do have them on our website and you can go through the Weed Smart Big Six and there's lots of case studies of farmers who, who are using a lot of these tactics that you've spoken about today, Phil. So we really appreciate you taking the time and giving us an update on your region. Thanks very much, Jess. Any time. 